Hi friends, this is Maria Mays, founder of Take 5, well-being coach and teacher, and you're listening to Chakras and Chardonnay, a well-being podcast for wine lovers, where we explore insights from ancient wisdom teachings to empower our health, to liberate ourselves from anxiety, and to more mindfully enjoy our wine and everything else we consume. Did I mention we have fun exploring different wines? (laughs) We do that too. And I am so, so grateful that you are here. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Chakras and Chardonnay. So we are at episode 11, and today we are going to look at some wine and chakra pairings. So um, I'm kind of blown away by the fact that there's already been 10 episodes released, especially since this is something I never thought I would actually do. And I was looking through the content, looking through some interviews that need to be released, and thought, you know, we really need to circle back to the namesake, and that is the chakras. So we're going to look at a few today, paired with a few wines, so the format will be a little different in that we're going to combine the content rather than well-being tip followed by wine content. You'll still get a little guided relaxation at the end, and let's begin. So we are going to start from a bottoms-up approach. And if you haven't listened to the first episode of Chakras and Chardonnay, I encourage you to go back there because that's when we explore what the heck these things are anyway. And so we'll use my definition of they are energy centers that can empower you to move to a more well state of being. And that's why we want to know about them anyway. So let's dive into the first chakra, which is at the base of our spine, our root chakra. So in Sanskrit, it's Mulandara chakra. So again, the translation to English is rough, but it indicates root or support. And it's really all about security. So with a lot of these, if we look at how they correlate, for example, to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, here we're talking about those basic physiological needs. Our need for survival. So each of these is associated with an element as well as an animal, as well as a mantra, and so on. And so let's look at the element, the earth element. In episode five, we cover the elements through the lens of Ayurveda in detail. So head back there if you if you want more details on the elements. But if we look at Earth and we look at it through its qualities, that structure, the density, the mass, it's about support. It's about stability, and so that Earth element is embodied within this Mulandara chakra. And if you think about it in your life, when you are feeling grounded, when you are feeling secure, when you are feeling supported and have structure and feel that support and that stability in everything you do in life, you're feeling pretty good, right? At least in terms of those basic needs being met. If we look into what it looks like when your root chakra, your mulandara, is really optimized, is the word I'm going to use. You're grounded, you're confident, you're connected with earth, you're connected with nature, and you just have this overall sense of stability. And when it's weak, 
Oftentimes, a sign of it being underactive would be when you're feeling really disconnected from your job or your family. You're just feeling ungrounded, not connected to your truth, your true self. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you have a hard time moving forward. You feel like you're in a rut. You can't move forward or insecure. And on the flip side, because there's always a flip side, right? If it's too strong or too active, you might find yourself acting in arrogance, uh, acting in excess, right? Really focused on things, really greedy. And so we have this ability to sway one way or the other, right? So then the goal is to keep it at that active, optimized level, or what some people would refer to as balanced. Let's talk about the animal associated with this. Since this is associated with food and shelter and basic needs, we all need to work. That's just a fact of life in order to get those needs met, right? So I want you to think about an animal that's this earthy mass of stability and is a workhorse. Think about an elephant. In terms of the sense organ, it's associated with the sense of smell. So if you think about the basic survival instinct and think about the animal world, the thought of smelling danger before you actually see it. So that sense of smell. Let's talk colors for a moment. And so we're used to seeing the rainbow associated with the chakra system and in some of the coursework I've done, um, in particular uh, through Christine Weber, who's a um, has subtle yoga, done a lot of research on the origins of the rainbow system, and she asserts that it really didn't come onto scene until the 40s and 50s when television and movies became colorized, and the rainbow started to be seen as a healing tool. So some of the texts I've read talk about the root chakra actually being associated with more of an earthy color, like an earthy wheat um, color. But today we think of red, right? So I'm going to throw this out there. Do what works for you. <laughs> with all these things, it's really about tapping into our own intuition and our own wisdom within. And so if you're doing a meditation and someone says visualize a red ball of light near the root chakra, and that doesn't work for you, then just allow whatever to comes up, come up. Um, so I oftentimes think of a real deep earthy type of red color or visualize when I'm doing um, this type of work. So just with all these things, let's lighten up about it. As one of my favorite teachers, Roger Gabriel says, enlightenment is about lightening up. So let's just have fun with it. Whatever comes to you in terms of these colors is really what is meant to come to you. So let's talk the mantra now. So in episode nine, we explore what mantras are and the power of them in terms of pulling the mind out of the thinking mind, the monkey mind, and into that quiet, into that still, into what uh, Deepak would refer to as the gap. So check out episode 
nine for more on that. But the mantra associated with the root or Mulandara chakra is LAM. So that's L-A-N, LAM. So now that we know a little bit about it, what do we do if we find ourselves, let's say, with it being too strong or too weak? Well, if we want to increase its energy, there's a lot of things you can do. My number one go-to for increasing the energy and feeling more grounded in my physical form and in my life is to meditate in nature. So if you're out with that earth element and coming into that space of tapping into your truth and remembering that you are provided this support and stable foundation through the earth, that can really help increase its energy. So that's my go-to. Um, several of the relaxations that you'll find in prior episodes focus on that. And let's say you've got really too strong of Mulandara chakra, you're feeling that really arrogance, greed, uh, really focused on things and possessions, maybe give some away, do a little clearing, do a little decluttering, maybe look at practicing forgiveness. Um, and there's all sorts of things like um, gemstones associated with these, yoga asanas or postures that can activate these, um, journaling or affirmations. Let's do an affirmation for this one. Um, I'm grounded, I'm safe, and I trust that I'm supported in this world. That's one I say to myself um, almost daily. So let's talk wine. What wine are we going to pair with the Mulandara chakra, that which is all about these basic needs, this stability, the support, the structure, the color red, and all about the earth element? Well, for me, it's all about an earthy wine. So what does that mean? If we look at it from a aroma perspective, so again, as we step into the exploration part of the wine tasting process, where we're smelling the wine, if you think about a wine's character and the profile of having, let's say, soil, um, or like rustic, or that of the earth, that's what we're talking about when we're saying earthy. So you, maybe you've been wine tasting and someone said, well, you can really taste the terroir in that wine. That's referring to the place. And think about it. If you can taste almost the soil profile and the climate in a wine, um, oftentimes that will have an earthy characteristic, right? And so you might get descriptors like beetroot or, you know, a tree, leafy or eucalyptus or herbal, um, there's so many different adjectives that describe what we get either on the nose or on the palate in the wine. And so just think about some of the reds that you might experience with that. I'm thinking immediately what comes to mind are wines like Syrah, some of the big bold guys like Cabernet, but also Pinot Noir is known to be earthy. Maybe it's uh, something like where I'm local at here, lots of Tempranillo grows, Cobb Franc. Ooh, that's a good one. Maybe Bordeaux. There's just so many different options. So if you think about also how it's made, fermented in oak, that oak, that tree, that structure, that earth element. So it's so fun uh, to think about this. So think about it the next time you're tasting and have fun with it. 
I mean, that's literally the genesis of this podcast is me doing wine and well-being workshops and seeing these similarities and having so much fun with it that wanting to share it with others. And then next thing you know, a year or two later, here I am <laughs> sharing it with you over the wire. So let's move on to the uh, Svatistana or sacral chakra. So this second chakra is a little higher. So going from that uh, base of the tailbone up to just below the navel, above the pubic bone in that lumbar region of the spine. The translation here is roughly the dwelling place of oneself or one's own abode. And this is all about our creativity, responsible for our inspiration and feeling connected and nurtured through family, through relationships. It's also our sexual center, so our birthright to give and receive pleasure, not just sexually, but through all the joys of uh, what this world has to offer. So we've moved up from those basic physiological needs to now the personal needs of safety. Let's chat a minute about ancestral healing as well as current trauma. So it's so mind-blowing to me that some of the information now and studies out there show that trauma shows up in our body up to three generations so this chakra is associated associated <laughs> associated with our um, with our integration of trauma in our lives. So this is really interesting to me for multiple reasons. If you think about your life and when you've been most creative, when I think about that personally, it's oftentimes to step out of a problem or let's say a trauma. You have to become creative, think out of the box to climb your way out. And so it's interesting that this particular energy center has that association with both. And if we look at the element it's associated with, it's water. So again, go back to episode five to get more details on the elements, but water is all about that flow, that cohesiveness, that connectedness, right? And if you think about really, if you're going to go down and work through past traumas, you're going to have to dive deep into waters that are murky and you might find some stuff there that maybe you've suppressed, maybe you've uh, ignored. And the thing is, that murkiness is going to affect you on a emotional and physical level if you don't go in and, and clear it up a little bit, right? As we were just talking, my brother was just here actually from Minnesota and he was talking about how back in the lake they're dragging the weeds. You got to pull the weeds up from the roots and uh, to make the water less murky, um, kind of same is true with our trauma here. So what animal would be willing to dive deep here. That's got to be one that's pretty fierce, right? Who's swimming around in the water there? Well, it's a crocodile. So when you look at uh, the chakras from this perspective, it all kind of makes sense. The color typically associated with the Svatistana chakra is orange. So maybe to you, it's more of a rusty orange. Maybe it's a sunset. Maybe it's a bright orange. And the sense organ, now we're moving to taste. So from smell to taste. And 
if we look at it when it's in an optimal state, just think about your own life. When you're optimized and have integrated your traumas and are feeling really creative, inspired, you are feeling connected in your relationship, um, you're comfortable in your own skin. You accept the fact that we create our emotions and don't let emotions rule you. Um, and that's when, you know, we're really at our best. And so when it's weak, that's when we can start to disconnect, maybe even disassociate. This is when we numb out. And maybe, just maybe, we're numbing out with the substance, like wine. Listen, been there, done that. This uh, this chakra is associated with our addictions, our dependencies. Um, also, you know, getting caught in those cycles of negative thought patterns, our own self-loathing, our deep fears, not having a sense of self. So how do we increase its energy and climb out of that? Well, I'm going to go again to my go-to, which is meditation. And think about that water element. Think about if you have been by a lake or a stream and just gotten quiet and listened. What about the last time you were at the ocean? The sound of the rhythmic waves hitting the shore. So think about how you can incorporate the water element within your meditation. And there's definitely a gemstones associated with this, like the crystal carnelian is one that I use a lot. Um, there's yoga asanas, of course, affirmations. Let's look at, in this case, since we're talking about creativity, the use of journaling. So here's just a, a journal prompt for you to, to use. Which part of my life do I have some control over? And which do I not have any control over? Just write it out. And just in seeing that on paper, as you look back at it, notice what shifts just through that awareness. All right, what about wine? What about wine and this chakra that's associated with our creativity, with our sensuality? I'm going to have to go with a creative blend and maybe a romantic wine, maybe something from the south of France, maybe something that evokes that color of the sacral chakra. So there's a trend towards orange wines now or those tawny rosés. So oftentimes a um, off-dry Provence-style rosé is one of my favorite things to explore and they usually have a little bit more of an orange look to them versus a bright pink. So think about the blends that you've had before that have just been super just creative and so many different flavors. This again is associated with our taste sense. So really exploring how it feels on the palate, thinking about what it reminds you of, just Think about a beautiful sunset evening. What wine are you sipping? And maybe you're sipping it with someone that you have an intimate relationship with. So we're going to stop there because we're almost 20 minutes in. We've only covered two of the chakras. But I hope your takeaway is that, wow, there's, there's something to these chakras. Maybe they truly can empower me if I learn a little bit more about them and leverage things like meditation, like journaling, like these different tools to 
help them be optimized. So I hope that's your takeaway and have fun with pairing wines with it. I'm going to now guide you through a relaxation. And so I hope you'll stick with me next week. I'll have another amazing guest for you. And then we'll circle back to more chakras down the road. I've got a little treat for you today in the show notes. So rather than a specific wine recommendation link, I have a link that'll allow you to get a free download of my wine and chakras pairing guide. So check it out. And now let's relax a bit, huh? Find yourself in a comfortable seated position or lying down on the floor and take a moment to let out a big yawn. And then allow the eyes to gently close. Now invite your awareness to travel down to the base of the spine, just in between the tailbone and the pelvic bone. And just notice the sensation of structure, of weightiness, of stability there. Maybe allowing that awareness to travel outward now and down the legs, down to the feet, and just feeling the connection with the earth underneath the feet. Just feeling that stability, that support, just the density of the ground underneath you. We're gonna invite in that grounding sensation, that stability, that strength, and that structure. We're gonna invite it in up from the earth, through the many layers of flooring, all the way up to the feet, traveling up the legs, back to that space, that space in between the tailbone and the pelvic bone at the base of the spine. And notice if you can create some physical expansion in that area. So in your lower lumbar spine, can you open a little bit? Can you extend a little bit? So whether you're lying down or seated, can you get a little longer creating space in between those lowest vertebrae? As if the discs were just expanding and pressing against each bone creating more room for expansion. Allowing your awareness to just notice any colors that might come to mind that represent the earth. Maybe it's a deep red, maybe it's more of a wheat color. What comes to mind is what's supposed to come to mind for you as a unique being. Just allow whatever comes to mind, even if nothing does, to occur without judgment, without attachment. Just roll with it. Let it be. We're going to breathe into this lower part of our spine. So let's take a deep, slow breath in the nose and allow that to travel all the way down to the base of the spine. And as you expel the breath, just release whatever isn't important in this moment. Another deep inhale, allowing it to travel down and nourish and expand the body in this area. And with the exhale, just releasing any to-dos, any concerns, 
Now allowing that color that came to mind, if any, to just radiate in that part of your body. And we're going to evoke a mantra, LAM. LAM. Just hear that vibration in your head. LAM. Feel that vibration at the base of your spine. LAM. I am grounded. I am safe. And I trust that I am supported in this world. LAM. Now allow that awareness to just climb up just a little bit to that sacral region of the body. And maybe that red, if that's what came to you, turns into a little bit more of an orange. Breathe into the lower lumbar, a little higher than we were before, allowing the breath to come in and nourish and expand and open. So can you create more length in the low back here? Inhaling. And as you exhale, just releasing anything that's not important right now. We're going to evoke the mantra VAM. VAM. Just hear that vibration, VAM. Feel that vibration. Feel it down in that sacral region, VAM. VAM. I'm a creative, inspired being, VAM. It's my birthright to receive pleasure and give pleasure and experience all the joys this life has to offer. Vam. Continue breathing into that area, creating expansiveness, creating room for inspiration, igniting our creativity. Vam. Vam. Just resting now, resting in the sensation of stability, of support, of creativity, of inspiration, resting here for another few moments. And now, allow the eyes to gently start to open, the sensation to gently come back to the body and step into the rest of your day with a grounded, creative, inspired presence. Namaste. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Chakras and Chardonnay. I hope you enjoyed that guided relaxation. If the content of today's episode inspired you and you're ready to take your power back over your health, then check out my new group mentorship program. This transformative eight-week program starts this summer and it'll be delivered in live sessions virtually. So no matter where you're at in the world, you can join me. You have the power to improve your mental wellness, your physical health, and to achieve lasting inner peace. Check the link in the show notes for details. And stay tuned for next week where I'll be bringing you another great guest. 
In the meantime, I'd love your feedback on this show. If this resonates with you, please consider hitting that follow button and take the time to review or rate this podcast or drop it over to a friend. It's a free way to support me continuing to give you this content. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks again. Until next time, cheers. And here's to keeping it mindful.